to another episode of Real Education, Education? The, the Musical. Musical. I feel like it's been, it has been a while. It's been, it's been a, a while. while. Yeah. It's been a while. So um, it's... Magically invisible to the listeners, but it's been a couple of weeks since we or have seen each other. Probably a damn near a month. Cause yeah. It was, yeah. Well, you went to New Orleans. And then you I were in New Orleans. Orleans. It's a whole thing. We traded off. Oh my we God. Drank, we I love we, New between Orleans. Between the two of us, we drank all of New Orleans. Yes. I, love, <laughs> I believe here's, that. Here's how much I love New Orleans. I went to the Ruby Slipper, or the Red Slipper, Ruby Slipper, whatever, um, brunch, delish, and had two mimosas. Really, one should have been enough, honestly. But So we needed to go to a tour, and I still had half of my mimosa left. Guys... And I'm t- like, oh, am I gonna have to chug? What am I gonna do? And well, literally, the street with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like it to go cup for your mimosa? I'm like, I fucking love New Orleans. Yeah. We yep. we had that happen on our first day too. We so we went to Cafe Du Monde for beignets on our first morning because of course we did. What else? Yeah. Did you do? And, and we were like a, a 10, 15 minute walk from there, so like it was perfect. And then afterwards, we we'd all gotten in kind of in the evening the night before and hadn't seen each other in a while, so we immediately started drinking. Yes. So of course, we were hungover the next morning, and so we're like, oh, let's go get like let's go get like some Bloody Marys or something, and we go into this bar and get Bloody Marys. And then I go to the bathroom, and when I come out, my buddy Chris is like, I also ordered you a hurricane. And I'm like, uh, thanks. And he's like, grabs both of my, they have like, pl- you know, the plastic cups. He like grabs both of my drinks, pours them in. He's like, we're going, and puts the plastic cups in my hand. And that's kind of how the rest of the day went, too. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. It's great. Mom, please don't listen to this episode. <laughs> I love not staggering around New Orleans, but just sort of floating on a light buzz through New Orleans is the best. And everything's right. just sugary and like, oh, it's it's so, so much that I was just like, by the time I was coming home, I was like, I could do without having daiquiris for a couple of years now. And then, <laughs> oh, hey, guys, we're going to watch a movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, how, that's how this works. Can you imagine that? This is this is what happens when we don't. Well, we saw you last weekend. I saw yeah. you last weekend. Oh, shit. By the way, I'm Wendy. <laughs> yeah. We really haven't been here in a while. I'm Vinny. And Mike. <laughs> we, we, sometimes we watch musicals, other times we talk about Mostly getting drunk in New Orleans. And it's fine. <laughs> Welcome Miss to Piggy. And... Uh, peek behind the curtain. This is what it's like. Uh, uh, we've been here, I don't know, 45 minutes. And uh, it's finally like, kind of fuck, started. we should start recording this episode, you guys. Yeah, we turned on the recording, but we didn't stop bullshitting. Nope. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. We'll get there. We'll get there. So this week we're yes, going to watch... Yes, what are we watching? Kismet. Yeah. I see it on the screen here. <laughs> Me too. And <laughs> I'm enjoying Mike's face. I don't he... know what to make of this. I know you're very excited about it. I am very excited. I know zero things about it except what I'm looking at on the screen. Yep. And it's kind of weird. It's like a dude in know, a looks... harem? Yeah. <laughs> looks very yeah. like Ara- Arabian Nights-ish. Yes. Like... Yes. So yeah, Kismet, Arabian Nights. That's accurate. Yeah, I, I see it. Yeah, a harem. That's, that's all I know from this. And Howard Keel. I know Howard Keel. You can see him right there. Ah, okay. And the blonde woman you might remember. Part of why I had this in my head was because we had watched 
uh, It's Always Fair Weather. Who was in It's Always Sid Charisse. Uh-huh. And? Uh, Ann Miller? N- nope. It's okay. I got, uh, but I got you remember, you remember, you remember how great she was with her... Uh, Midnight with Madeline and the Flippy Boys number. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we were stopping at Sid Charisse. I thought... Gotcha. No. Oh. Dolores Gray. Dolores Gray. Gotcha. Couldn't think what anything. was Ann Miller in? Ann Miller was in On the Town. Right. That's what it was. I was like... I, the better one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's also other things that uh, tie this in. Um, okay. There, there are a lot of names in common with other things we've already watched when we get to that. But, uh, yeah, this is actually Howard Keel's last film musical role oh, okay. we're about to watch. I got so. very excited because I thought you were going to say Sid Charisse was in this. And I was like, fuck yes. No, sorry. But you do Dolores get Dolores Gray. You loved her. I did, I did really love her. I was, that episode came out last week. Yeah, when yeah. <laughs> by the at the time we're recording this, uh, was out, and I forgot how much I actually really did love Dolores Gray in that movie. Um, there was there was very little to really like about that movie, but yeah, we, we Charisse, Dolores I, yeah. Gray in the dance numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was I think that was our our final consensus was just like <laughs> most of it sucks, but you should watch this, this, and this. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and. One of them is Dolores Gray, who, as we mentioned in that episode, was an understudy for Ethel Merman. Voice. That's right. Voice Now I remember. She's with all the guys. And okay. Yeah. And remember, she pulls out she the like, gun. When she murders. <laughs> yeah. and that's right. Because I was like, I don't even think that was acting. She just killed <laughs> six people on a camera. Um, so she's very sassy in this, too. So you're yeah. going to get some sassy Dolores Gray as well. Um, Sounds great. And huh? then um, uh, part, the reason I love this musical is... When they, this was originally a, I don't know if it was stage or film first, but there was a silent film version. Then they made a, a, another film version, speaking, not musical, but with Marlena Dietrich. And then that film version was the inspiration for them to turn it into a stage musical, which then prompted this film musical. When they turned it into a musical, it's a very... The dudes who wrote it, yeah, it's really... <laughs> Wild <laughs> path. Yeah. When they turned it into a musical, the guys who wrote the music used um, the Russian composer Borodine, his opera Prince Igor, as the melodies that they literally just yanked wholesale and put lyrics on top of and huh. reorchestrated them. And it means that the music right. is incredibly yeah. lush and yeah, yeah. very tuneful. So I love, I love the soundtrack for this. So that's that's part of why I love it. So, um, also Howard Keel. Got, also Howard Keel. You, you don't own the copyright. I do not. Once again, the Austin Public Library came to the rescue. Wonderful. And this is a Blu-ray that we have oh, here. Even better. Yeah. Nice. And I'm going to be watching those special features later. You <laughs> betcha. Um, and uh, it is an Arabian Nights sort of tale. So this is going to be very fun. And we're going to go watch it now. The pool of love. Man, it is nice work, if you can get it. And I got it. MGM really rolled out the magic carpet to transform kismet from Broadway's bewitching extravaganza to an exuberant and exciting screen musical show. When you 
see Marcina, you'll discover an Anne Blythe so lovely, so lyrical. Take a look for yourself and listen. Here's seductive Laloom, whose heart belongs to a Baghdad daddy. Laloom is Dolores Gray, who came from nightclub and recording fame to win additional popularity on the screen. Not since Nineveh, not since Sidon, not since Jericho started sliding from the din of a horn that's never blown here. Take my hand, I'm a stranger in paradise. All lost in a wonderland, a stranger in paradise. Speaking of recordings, Vic Damone sells millions of them. In Kismet, he's the handsome young caliph of Baghdad. Did any of you ever meet Omar the tent maker? Well, here he is, recreated by Monty Woolley the laugh maker. Omar, she's gone! My boy, colleagues, don't chase girls through the streets. <laughs> and through this fabulous land of kidnapped harem beauties wanders our vagabond hero, the rascal who knows every back door in Baghdad. How do I know? Behind that beard is me. Wait, can play a trick with a twine to weave the evil and good in And so, my destiny, I look at you and cannot see. I think you'll agree that Kismet is a whopping spectacle, a multi-ring circus. Its color is richer, its dances are wilder, its splendor more lavish than anything you've ever seen on screen. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'll uh, get back to my uh, <coughs> work. That was Kismet. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like, f maybe five minutes into the movie, looked over at them and I was like, this is my favorite Howard Keel role yeah. already. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so witty, and but also just like He's just a fucking asshole. He's a con artist. Yeah, it's great. He's kind of Han Solo in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a great goatee. His hair is wonderfully coiffed and curly. Yeah, a little silver fox going on. Oh yeah. yeah, and he's just full of shit for the entire movie, <laughs> yeah. and it's great. And then he starts to believe the thing, like that he is who he says he is for a moment, and like, like yeah, but it's just this long, and then he's yeah, like, yeah. nope, he's like, I'm oh, complete never mind. Yeah, where he's like, oh, my tooth. Nope, sorry. Yeah, like it starts <laughs> to work for him. So he's like, maybe I am magical. <laughs> um, I I love that he's just the plot, and it all happens in one day. Mm -hmm. I love that the plot has him go up 
and down yeah. and up yeah. and down. Like Very quickly. And it, it is all just <laughs> happenstance. You're rich. Now you're going to get killed. Now you're now you're in a mirror. Now you're going to get killed again. <laughs> and it it's all happenstance. It's oh, yeah. all kind of luck. It is actually kismet. Yeah. His, his destiny playing out in a very fantastical way. Right. Uh, um, I had forgotten how snarky and witty it was. I just remembered how much I loved the colors and the music. There are a lot of colors. Like when uh, there's there was one scene when Jenny just went like, "Did they like just learn about colors when this movie was made?" The world made? was black and white before this because movie. she's like, "It looks like they're just putting everything together and see." And I'm like, "I like it though." It's Vincent Minnelli. Yeah, like it's directed by Vincent Minnelli who. Well, and specifically, she mentioned that at the part where there was just a lot of chartreuse, like yeah. it was, everywhere. It like was it was very predominant much. up um, until that. See, or, but then, when you see to her, be fair, this is also the fifties, and like, right? Yeah, 50, 55. mid fifties. Okay, fifty-five. Okay, yeah. And like, I don't know if you've ever seen a lot of uh, I don't know people like my my grandparents' <laughs> age and like the houses they lived in, like. <laughs> Their curtains all look like that. Do they all, do they all have hats like they did in this movie? <laughs> no, oh, that, but like that color hats. was a very popular color. The, no, I, I no, To call him a hat is a mis... Like they're, it's headgear. It's yeah. headwear. It's it's yeah, it yeah. occupying their cranial it's at, like, like real the, estate. The scenery and the backdrops and the, the stage, like the, the sets were not nearly as palatial as their headwear. Yeah, oh, seriously. For sure. <laughs> the, the the executioner came out and I had to keep looking. Yeah. I don't he I still had, don't one hundred percent know what that was, was. It was a helmet that was honestly four times as big around as his head. So he <laughs> look at it like Maybe he was wearing that tent like, from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the budget on this movie was, eighty percent of it was headwear. Yeah. All of it was magnificent. Yeah. She had all these incredible lacy things on her head she being uh, Dolores Gray Laloom who's playing Laloom and then all of the servants had there, these there was the one like Fanny Peacock sideways one mm-hmm. there was the sort of squiddy one with all the tentacles wrapped around and of course there's the wazir and this police force less so <laughs> the wazir who's carrying around a tiny little vase on his for a head. single a single rose that's what it looks like i think it's actually like a micro it's like a tuft horse some, tuft, yeah. but it looks like a little rose just bobbing around on the top of his head the entire time i can't get over it but the the going back to the color vincent minnelli of course started of course i say if you've read if you've read about vincent minnelli you know him <laughs> We do know him. You do. We actually do. Because of? The bandwagon. Uh Uh-huh. Well, as far as what we've watched, and then most famously, of course, An American in Paris. Yes. Um, He did. He was uh, a regular director for the Freed Unit. Kismet is a Freed Unit production at MGM. Freed Unit, of course, being Stanley Donen, Arthur Freed producing, uh, Gene Kelly, one of their famous um, stables, so Singing in the Rain, etc. Uh but the Vincent Minnelli started as a set designer, lighting designer. He was very much a visual graphic artist of the theater. So whenever he directs, he just, he goes all in with the color, highly saturated. And it's a little overwhelming until it you can see what he was aiming for and it clicks. So yeah, her weird yellowy chartreuse does nothing for me. 
until she sings her love song in the garden with the caliph who's dressed in a complimentary cream and green and they're surrounded by the greenery with hints of yellow flowers and you're like oh this is beautifully designed oh i get it now and the the outfit that howard keel is wearing and he's got this pink undershirt and he takes off the over jacket and he's wearing it for a couple of scenes and it's sort of very gl- like a big portion of the movie and like once he gets it yeah it's pretty glaring until his love scene with la Loom where she's in a lovely light pink that beautifully compliments it you're like oh dude in that green room yeah. in that green literally room. every surface is the same shade of green it honestly looks like they took a spray <laughs> a spray can like a spray paint and just, just even even the cushions just yeah psh. just like stood in the center of the room and just sprayed everything like a, yeah a, a blower around it's a little creepy it's weird yeah. it's it's, yeah. does it give you a tingling feeling under your skin <laughs> How sassy is Dolores Gray? Dolores Gray yeah, is amazing. Like half of what I wrote down for notes are just her lines in the movie. And the way she delivers them. Uh, he's like, if, if the, the wazir, she's married to the wazir who she clearly hates. He's a terrible, corrupt toad of a person. And at one point the wazir is like, if something happens, this will kill me. I'll kill myself. Oh no. My dear husband... You will never have to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's so sassy, yeah. Um, oh, we should give a brief plot? I guess. Um, yeah. So, uh, Hodge, well, we never learn his name. Yeah, poet. We don't know his real name because he's, in the subtitles, it's Poet at the beginning. The, is all. the lead character and his daughter wake up for the day. They are beggars. They are poor. And he's trying to sell rhymes. It's not going well. And then he stumbles, and he sends his daughter off to steal oranges. Gets her out of the way. And he stumbles. He sits down in a spot that was previously occupied by Hodge the beggar. And he's, and people start giving him money, thinking that he's Hodge. And so he's like, yeah, of course, I'm I'm, I'm a Hodge, sure. I'm Hodge's cousin. cousin. Hodge. Yeah, sure. And so that's how he adopts the name Hodge. He is like, sure, I'm a beggar. And because he claims he's Hodge the Beggar, the murdering brigand Juwan kidnaps him to kill him because Hodge the Beggar put a curse on him 15 years ago, and Juwan has never found his son because of it. He says, oh, I'll remove the curse, give me money, and I'll do it. And that's a great scene. He's like, give the man a piece of gold. Your son's only worth a piece of gold? Well, every time he negotiates, because the first time we see him uh, when he's on the steps as Hodge, the... Um, the Caliph's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The advisor. Co- yeah, yeah, Comes out, and, and he's like, I always give him one dinar. And he's like... Just one? Just one? <laughs> he's always... Even, he's, even when his neck is on the line, he's like, really? That's all you're going to give Which me? is sort of a defining trait of, the, like, characteristic of him... Um, cause even when he's about to get murdered, he's like, hold on, let me sing a song real quick. And, uh, <laughs> and give me more money. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. he negotiates for a huge sum of money from the, br- the brigand and tells him go into Baghdad and you'll find your son immediately. So he does. And he goes in and he's like, woo, I'm rich. Marcin, I hear, go buy some pretty things. Meanwhile, uh, the wazir wants to marry the caliph off to some girls so he can get money 
basically. You just need to know that bit. And me and Lalu sings Not Since Nineveh, which is great. <laughs> and then and, the girls come out and dance, which and, is the same song, which is also great. <laughs> and the Caliph sees Marcina in the in he's incognito as a beggar, as a common person, and sees Marcina as like and Marcina is the daughter, FYI, and falls in love with her at first sight. She buys some pretty things and is wandering around a house they hope to buy. The Caliph follows her. No, that's not creepy at all. And uh, they definitely creepy. They kind of will get to that scene. <laughs> yeah. The two fall in love instantly, and he says, "I'll meet you here later tonight." And she just thinks he's a gardener because he's in he's incognito as a regular person. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so convoluted. And Howard, well, it's also because he, he talks around completely around every question she asks. We'll come back to him being creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so because he's got the gold. Uh, Hodge gets arrested by the wazir for stealing the gold, but I didn't. I promise this time I actually am innocent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they when they bring in Juwan, who's like, that guy, I t- gave him money to lift the curse. See, I told you I was innocent. And then Juwan looks up and is like, shit, the wazir is my son. So he really did find his son. You got it right. And the wazir is like, holy shit, you've got like magical powers or some shit. Because you, you sends lift- his dad to jail. You lifted the curse. And yeah, he sends his dad to jail. You lifted the curse. Okay, and now the Khalif comes in. I'm going to marry this girl I met in the market. The wazir, shit. Ah, that's going to ruin my plans to get money for marrying him off to those other girls. Shit. Hey, you're your I'm going to wizard. Uh, Help me you out. You have to stop this marriage. Okay, I'll do my best. Well, he's going off to marry him. So you're in trouble. I'm going to kill you. So he sneaks off and goes and grabs Marcina. No, we gotta go. Well, I was gonna wait here for this dude. Nope, we gotta go. So he inadvertently stops the marriage. He comes back. Oh shit, I stopped the marriage. Hey, can I be in a mirror now? I guess so, you're kind of magical. And then he's like, am I magical? <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm just bullshit. And Laloom is like, you are fascinating. I just want to play with you. I just you. want to bone down. <laughs> she's like, she's, she's, everything she says is just like, yeah, you're going to deliver the goods. Yeah. Uh, then the Caliph comes in. I guess I promised them a marriage, so I have to marry someone. So gather the girls who want to marry me. Oh, look in my harem. Holy shit, it's the girl. Because Mars- he brought Marcina back to be with him in the palace. And she's in the harem. Shit, it's the girl I love. Is she married to you? Uh, sure. The, the wazir's like, uh, yeah, sorry about that. She's Dude. in my harem, right? She's gotta oh, be. fine. I'll just marry one of the other girls. Okay. So then the wazir quick marries Marcina against her will. Doesn't touch her otherwise. To prove, because he doesn't want to be caught in a lie (laughs) if the caliph notices. So he has the ceremony and then tells them to date it back a couple months. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And meanwhile, he's like, holy shit, this magician is amazing. He even went and got the girl and like hit her in my harem. I love this guy. So they have this big celebration where the women who want to marry the caliph dance around and the caliph's like i don't know and the wazir goes up to hodge and is like holy shit you're good you like got the girl put her in my harem i'm gonna kill her later after i bone her though what's her name oh yeah marcina and i was just like what the fuck <laughs> what have i done what have i done so he arranges to drown the wazir with a trick and tell the caliph uh, what would be your sentence on the man who kept you from marrying the woman you love because he was lying? I'd kill him. Well, there you go. I did that for you. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. And he tries to run away, but he gets arrested because how dare you murder somebody in front of the police, <laughs> yeah. which is fair. Yeah. Right, right. 
How dare you murder, like, someone who is... Like, the chief of police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, front <laughs> in front of the police. In front of the king. Yeah. Uh, so he gets arrested, but Marsna, as he's there awaiting judgment, Marsna comes running in, Dad, what the fuck have you been up to now? <laughs> She's weeping, and ta-da, hey, Khalif, look, here's the girl. By the way, the, the wazir asshole did the... Oh, shit, I'm going to kill the wazir. There you go, you two get together. Well, I should pardon you then for trying to murder him no that'd be embarrassing for you to pardon your father-in-law how about you sentence me to take laloom off into the oasis for the rest of my life we're just in he, he turns to her he's like laloom and whatever goods you can lay your hands on before the audits are completed yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna ride off into the sunset happy ending for everybody so like i said convoluted i love that Truly, his fate through this one day is up and down and up and down and up and down. And every time it's a little bit higher. And at one point, Marson is even like, just take what you have and yeah. go. Right, right. Uh, what's the game show where you, like, don't, the pig in the poke, like, let's make a deal. Like, just take the money you've got. Don't bet it and see if you can get more. And he's like, no, that's not <laughs> well, my that, bag. that whole song that he sings. Do, yeah. The olive tree. Yeah. Why would I only take one olive tree when I could have a whole grove? Yeah, and why take the grove when I can have the world? Clearly. <laughs> and anybody who doesn't do it like me is a fool. So I'm gonna go, gonna go see what I can get. Yeah. And maybe die in the process. So that's the, the plot. Oh, but the songs are so good too. The songs are good. Um, they're all almost instantly recognizable like um like you mentioned that they're all taken from um boarding boarding yeah um and the uh, the most famous one in here is um stranger in paradise stranger in paradise yeah, yeah it started and mike's like oh shit i did yeah. know this song. Yeah, yeah yeah and that one was actually from an opera that boarding wrote that um was actually unfinished at the time of his death and uh, Nikolai Rims Rimsky-Korsakov and I don't remember who else um, put together essentially like uh, arranged a like working version of it for the opera that was later put on and um, it's just like as soon as but like that sort of the, the like the main melody from it is just like as soon as it ca came on I was just like I know this <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, it's, it's, it's really really well known um, and but the rest of the music's kind of the same way, where you're like, I, I, I already I know the melody, even though I don't know like the song. It it all just sounds really familiar. Yeah, there's not as much recognition on any other piece as much as Stranger in Paradise, but yeah. they, it all sounded like I feel like I've heard it somewhere. Right, it just kind of has that tune. It's the yeah. tunefulness of and it. And it's is just... so like the melodies are so sweeping and lush. They're yeah. just. It's just lovely music that you just want to hum, which Mike did immediately upon finishing the film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, 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 Of course, I love Not Since Nineveh. So, That's a good one. Uh, Jack Cole was the choreographer for this. Bit by bit, putting it together. Jack Cole was the choreographer, and when we talked about Kiss Me Kate, I, did, I put a pin in him because Jack Cole didn't actually work on Kiss Me Kate, but Jack Cole was incredibly influential because at the time Kiss Me Kate was being made, he was running sort of a dance school at MGM where he was training K-1. 
Carol Haney, who was in Kiss Me Kate and mm-hmm. was Bob Fosse's partner. Right. And he also trained Gwen Verdon, who would become Bob Fosse's muse and wife and partner. So that is, and Jack Cole, what is pretty much considered the father of modern jazz dance. He took um, what had been more Broadway style and he added this, the Hindu Indian influences, which you really see in this. And it works to great effect, particularly here, but. And it's very angular and, um, and (laughs) didn't he also choreograph? No, that was Michael Kidd who did It's Always Fair Weather. But Michael yep. Kidd, Bob Fosse, all of them uh, were influenced by Jack Cole. So now we finally get to see a Jack Cole choreographed. And of course, it's Arabian Nights, which is right up his alley with the Hindu stuff. And all of his choreography is both really jazzy and really Indian Hindu influenced with the arm movements and hand gesturing. When the three... Uh, Ababu. Yeah, like the first the time princi- you see the princesses, right? Princesses yeah. of Ababu. The first time they come out, there's the one that's always in the middle and she's doing some weird... Like, I don't even know how to describe... She's also, like, super tiny. She's wee little princess. Like, they're all, they're all she, tiny, but she's, but like, she's, a full foot shorter than either of the other two. She's so small and she comes out and she's just all arms and legs in weird angles and it's wild (laughs) (laughs) well in hindu dance um it's very flexed with the feet Mm -hmm. um so the heel and then the toe touching but the foot is bent when the toe is touching the ground so there's all this knees and feet extended and then the arms coming like from the shoulders mm-hmm. and out like you're some sort of weird scarecrow with hand gestures coming to the chest and out. When it seemed like an in- it's interesting because it's like half of it is is kind of rigid motion in the arms and then the rest is really flowy so it gives... Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating and it's got this really heavily jazz influenced um, like connective tissue to these Hindu moves yeah. and it's... Well, oh, fascinating. And they do their... Those three do their dance with the two other guys, mm-hmm. um, and who are doing almost a like it's similar-ish, but it's still very different what the other two guys are doing. It's really interesting the way that they are kind of like back and forth off of each other because they're basically like little flippy boys uh, through part of it. Like, well, except they're. <laughs> They're enormous. They are. But, like, they're still just, like, very... It's very more athletic sort of dancing that they're doing. They're doing a lot of flips and stuff. But still kind of doing some of the weird, uh, like, poses and stuff that we talked about. But it's also, like, whereas the, um, the women are more kind of, I guess, like, Dancing a little bit, like they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of up on their toes. If you like, my, my, uh, Mike acted that out a little bit. It was adorable. Uh, they're kind of up on their toes and like <laughs> hopping around and stuff. These guys are just like flip, 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 and it's it's yeah. awesome. It looks really, really good together. And it's right after. Uh, I mean, it's the sort of um, it's the dance. Finale. It's the dance finale. Yeah, for. Uh, Nineveh. Not whatever. since Nineveh. Not since Nineveh. Yeah. The like, princess the, the is nicest don't... description of Baghdad ever. Yeah. Ever um, here. Uh, the three princesses princesses don't want to be there, so Laloom is like, "You fucking want to be yeah, here? But it's this so is nice. Baghdad, right? Baghdad, don't underestimate 
Baghdad. It's got some great lines. Our princes are more autocratic here. Our beggars more distinctly aromatic <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> yeah, uh, the dance to me was interesting because, like what Mike said, the 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 three princesses and the two guys, whoever they were, aren't really dancing together, other than being in proximity to each other. Yes, but it's like the dances themselves are so different that they are complementary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, rather than like than them being paired off and like really being a, a single unit. Like it's just really interesting staging. <sighs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then because uh, there's really only two dances. There's uh, not since Nineveh and um, well, I mean, there's the princesses kind of dancing at the end when they're presenting themselves. Mm. And there's um, gesticulate. Mike's just mad because that one didn't. Oh, gesticulate in murder. Uh, yeah, I was real <laughs> like the the princesses. Their second dance. Oh yeah, they comes out with a giant spear they and came, it doesn't stab All three anyone. of them had spears, and the other the other princesses were unarmed. <laughs> I'm just saying, they didn't even dance with the spears though. That's what kind of bummed me out is that they had them and they do this cool pose when they first drop like the curtain in front mm. of the three of them. Um, and they're kind of like, there's the one that's like, has her straight up and there's the two kind of like splitting off from the side of her. And I was like, fuck yeah, they're going to like dance with these spears. And they immediately put them on the ground and go dance. Yeah, that was And I was like, don't have those if you're not going to do something with them. <laughs> and then she like ran like the, the, the shorter, like the shortest of the three, uh, who's kind of in the center every time the three of them are so lined the lead up. princess. Yeah, the lead princess. Uh, runs back to grab it, and I was like, yeah, some shit's gonna go down now. Like, she's either gonna do, like, a cool dance with it, or she's gonna, like, threaten well, one the of the other princesses. Grabs, yeah, the way she grabs it and holds it is, like, she's running right at the caliph, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she just kind of uses it as almost like a, 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 a like a mini pole for, like, pole vaulting. <laughs> just to, like, hop up to the throne and then, like, bow in front of him, and I'm like... You guys have been spoiled ever since... Get it together. Murder It's always someone. fair weather. You think yeah. that somebody might just pull out a gun and shoot people in a dance. <laughs> See, that's the problem. <laughs> uh, I did say while the, while because uh, Wendy mentioned at the at the top of this that it was Howard Keel's last movie, and uh, when Dolores Gray starts singing her song to him, I was like, she's gonna pull out a gun and fucking murder him right here. <laughs> but like in I'm... real life, and that's why this was his last movie. Raspberries. <laughs> they caught it on tape. I did love it, going back just while we're still on the, the Nineveh song the the dress that she's wearing, like Laloom is wearing when they, when she's first revealed with her harem of dogs <laughs> in funny. her litter um, yeah in her that litter, was a yeah. good gag though when it the, was. when the, uh, the wazir goes up and he's like oh hey like, oh I'm finest? so glad yeah. you're here I'm glad you've returned my or whatever he says like basically like Wife clearly lives. addressing his wife and then the dog's head pops yeah. out. I was like, oh, did he marry the dog? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a great, it's one of that, those yeah, that dress, Afghan dogs. With the yeah, little, with the real, real dress. Real. And particularly like the whatever like gold headdress that Filigree she had on. Filigree thing. Yeah. Just like we couldn't tell if she had like earrings that matched, but from certain angles it looked like they were also part of the... I think they're actually connected to the head headdress. Head like it's a whole thing. thing. Yeah, Because she has a similar one at the very end. And those are very clearly they're they're similar dangly things, and they're like connected to yeah. the headpiece. Well, that would make a lot. That would be a lot more comfortable than wearing those off your ears. Aww. Yeah, I know. They're well, they're gorgeous. like uh, they remind me. Did y'all y'all saw? I know you did. Did you ever see Sorry to Bother You? No. 
Oh, oh there's yeah. Tessa Thompson has these like electric chair earrings that are basically like that big, and that's exactly I was like, that's like those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she's wearing a not since Nineveh that gold outfit with the huge gold like robe and the and the, and the split gold, gold skirt with the gold <laughs> leggings underneath. It's just oh, and her yellow so, and her very yellow hair all swooping down and her do you want that or the the gold pants that the one princess wears during the <laughs> that outfit with all the weird like shoulder spikes it's a big hoop oh that. Or no, no, no the other one with the yeah, yeah the first one with the big gold hoop <laughs> things on her legs in the in, when the princesses are dancing and they reveal her and her robe silhouette is this sort of weird almost russian doll like, she's got this great big poof of a hat on, mm-hmm. and then this robe that sort of is a egg around her, and they take the robe off, and she's got pants on that are the shape of the egg. And it's, so <laughs> and it's weird. really weird, because she's real, like, from the waist up is very compact. <laughs> and, the, and what she's wearing is very form-fitting. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Top. And then she has these, and... Each like, leg has these... Each leg is as pants. wide as her waist. Balloon pants. <laughs> It's like little mini hoop skirt pants yeah. Yeah. on each leg. It's very The costume designer on this was having a great time. <laughs> right. Like, on the one hand, what how, everything Howard Keel wears. Oh, yeah. Just, yes. <laughs> but then that, like, you're going to look great, Howard. Also, I have this idea for a thing. Because <laughs> Howard Keel gets the, the cream silk with the pink under... Thing that looks so good with the pink head So, wrap. but the inside. What was cool was the the not only did he have the under the pink under thing, but the inside of the, the lining. top. The lining was also because he would put his arm up and you would see like this. Yeah, his sleeve was his pink. sleeve, and then the inside of the kind of over thing the was top layer, pink whatever too. It was. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Oh, it looks it, but, so good. And then yeah. that blue thing he's wearing at the end with the brocade. It's <laughs> basically a blue dress. It's like, a yeah. glorious blue dress and it fits him so I thought well it was like, I thought at pleating. first, because he has that, uh, that like green velvet thing over at first. Which also looks And I thought amazing. the blue thing was just like a tunic or something. Yeah, same. And then he and like out. takes that off and then it pans out and you're like, is that a dress? It's just a straight <laughs> up dress. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely And it looks is. amazing on him. <laughs> because it's got matching pantaloon pants underneath yes. it. And you guys were commenting on the pants at one point of like, those just look super comfy. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, the, the cream the, silk ones that are all yeah. gathered. Well, those and like, I mean, the, the the pants that he wears before that, like when he, when he's first introduced just as poet, uh, I mean, they're... It's beggar, the same it's pants. Beggar's clothes, pop. yeah, they're just different. It's just like a different color. But it's like, yeah, I mean... All of his outfits just look like the most comfortable thing. It's all just real flowy. Yeah. And like loose fitting. Except and that just... the top it fits real well. And when he's all dressed up. Right. Like it's right. a little bit looser when he's poor. Right. Just like Marcina has some nice comfy looking cotton and then she gets pretty and she has to put on this tight little tank top. <laughs> yeah. and, and like a whole thing. And it's just, ah. Also too many bangles. That would drive me nuts. Um, bangles and beads. bobbles and beads. <laughs> bangles, bobbles, and, and beads. Ring, ring-a-lingas. Ring, ring-a-ling. Um, so uh, Dolores Gray started singing in 
nightclubs at age 14, as apparently every person Everyone in this told era about, yeah. <laughs> did. Apparently, That's just, what, that was you just did. what you did. If you didn't have a fucking gig by 15, just... It, Don't even bother. You've already missed your chance. Here. It's too late for Meanwhile, you. Howard Kill shows up at how old when he Yeah, he singing? was not a trained singer. <laughs> uh, let me... I wrote this down. It was so crazy. He was in his 20s before he really started singing. He was untrained, and he just started filling in and then gradually getting concert gigs until finally uh, he got noticed. And I'm sure somewhere along the way he actually did work with uh, trainers, but like his actual natural resonant voice, thats he was just naturally gifted. Right. What? Because every time he sings, I'm just, I melt. I'm just a puddle. Oh. Every time um, he does anything, you're that yeah, way. Yeah, it's not yeah. just his voice. Well, I mean, Jenny agreed. She's like, oh, he looks good in this. He's, <laughs> his beard is on point. So back to Dolores Gray. She had her Broadway debut at the age of 20. She Because Ethel Merman didn't want to do the tour of Annie Get Your Gun. That's how she got the gig. So she got to play Annie in Annie Get Your Gun in London in the West End for a couple of years. And, and London fucking loved her. So, I, I know I do remember we talked about her being um, sort of she was Ethel like Merman's understudy. understudy for that when right. I only remember this because we I just listened to the episode uh, from <laughs> from it's always fair weather um, because you said that and we were all like yeah no shit because uh, that um, thanks but no thanks song we're like yeah clearly she was yes yeah, you hear it yeah yeah um, she, so apparently Dolores Gray was like a real life anti mame in how she lived extravagantly. Total joie de vivre, like just oh, if yeah. you're not having, if you're not having, if you're not having a good time, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I, if I had a time machine, I would go back and party with her. And hang out like, with Dolores Gray. I feel oh, like yeah. she would be a fun, fun woman to hang out with. Vic Damone didn't really do any other movies. He did, I mean, he did some others, but nothing of note. He was mostly just a singer. I don't know if you noticed from his performance, he wasn't oh, much the, of an actor. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not much of an great, actor. Great voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, when he sings, it's like. Yeah, you got the goods. Um, and Blythe, who is Marcina, uh, she actually, for a long time, had a great run doing straight dramatic roles. She plays uh, Joan Crawford's daughter in Mildred Pierce, where hmm. she's trying to murder her own right. mother. Yeah. Um, and she had a great okay. run, and then uh, I, she had some trouble. I want to say she like she had a role, and then, yeah, a sledding accident. She broke her back and had to be in convalescence for like a year oh, and a half, and that really put a kink in her career. But eventually, eventually, she, her career revived, and then they were like, "Oh shit!" Also, yeah, that's right. You're a singer. Let's uh, pop you in a couple of musicals over here. You're, you're pretty good at that. Let's see. Yeah, and then the musical itself. This they made oh, this have... really quickly because the musical was only written in '53. It won the Tony for Best Musical in 54, and this came out in 55. Like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah that's quick. But it, the musical ran on Broadway for 500 performances. So, oh, dang. And then in the West End for, like, 600. So it's weird because it's never performed anymore. Nobody, oh, really? Nobody does this play. Largely because, as you can tell, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's not really surprising. It's it's a commitment. It's right. lavish as fuck, and you need to have a ton of great voices, classic, big, almost operatic voices to do it. You can't just, and I love her to death, but like you can't put an Adina Menzel voice on this and have it 
sound yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think Broadway's kind of moved away from this, and I'm kind of sad, but at the same time, how do you even do this and do it justice? Right. Yeah. You need a hell of a budget. Um, what Going back to, to the cast for a second, uh, the guy that played the Wazir is Sebastian Cabot. Yes! And the whole time I was going, why does he sound so familiar? Um, apparently he had a very long voice acting career um, and was in basically everything I watched as a child. Yes! Uh, like, he narrated and did Sir e- the voice of Sir Ector in The Sword and the Stone. He was Bagheera in The Jungle Book. The narrator And he for narrated Winnie- all of Winnie the Pooh, basically. Yeah! <laughs> and as soon as I read that, like... He, like, started talking. I was like, I see it now. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't just have like, put that together until you said that. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I would encourage you to go watch a little bit. Like, just pull a clip from that and, and listen to him and go like, oh, yeah. That's that was the, the wazir, That's right? a voice of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was the yeah. Yeah. And he's wonderfully snarky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really, he's great. Uh, I love him. I wish he and... Um, Doris Gray got more time together because they are just them being just snip at each other. like yeah. kind of passive aggressive to each other is <laughs> so good. You have to admit the way it's constructed, you you put up with very little love story for the fun that you get in this. Oh, for sure. Like the two lovers basically show up and sing the requisite pretty songs, and then as soon as they're done singing, they off you go. Off you go. And it's just everybody else being shitty to each other the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, not shitty because to me, shitty is like the awful care people of. It's always fair weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is more like everybody having a put on. Yeah. Everybody playing games with each other. Yeah. And trying like, to... Like, one of my favorite shots of the movie is when they're in, like, the uh, the Wazir's place, and you have uh, Dolores... Gr- he has those, like, gold sort of... I don't even know how the fuck to describe them. Like, they're, it, like they're the, a screen. Yeah, yeah. And she's just kind of crawling around behind them, like real. It's when they bring him in, um, when they bring in. After they've arrested him, yeah. Hodge for, uh, yeah, when they've arrested him and they're about to fucking chop his hands off. And she sees him through the screen and she's she's just just like, like, what is that delicious piece of man meat over there? And she has on that, like, that golden green thing Uh and, like, the inside, the lining of her cape is, like, that same, like, kind of turquoise green. Um, and he starts to speak, and, she, and the wazir's like, ugh, I can't even. She's like, no. And she's like, hold on, I got real I can, I can, real I can hear more. <laughs> I can hear a little more. And, <laughs> and then he goes into the gesticulate song. Which, which is, is so great. Makes zero sense. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, as a legal defense, it worked pretty well for him. It, it, you can't cut off my hand. I'm a storyteller. I need my hands to tell my stories. Yeah, all that checks out 100%. And he does, but those gestures he's making, Mike was like, I'm on board for this. this, this <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. It's so great. Well, just like the sight gag of like tucking, like sticking up his arm with his <laughs> hand in his sleeve. And he's just like, oh no, don't cut off my hand. It would look so bad. It would just, what is it like, just the hint of a wrist <laughs> yeah. or something yes. like that? Just like elbow, an elbow and an arm. Leaving yeah. no finger or fist there but just a hint of a wrist there (laughs) and then something about uh no digits to top them off if they lop them off yes it's such great words (laughs) the the lyricist of this is great because in not since Nineveh there's the uh not since Nineveh not since Sidon not since Jericho started sliding to the din of a horn that's never blown here and there's there's something uh 
Not since Nebuchadnezzar's hanging gardens went to pot. Not since that village near Gomorrah got too hot for Lot. No, not since Nineveh has there been a city so great. I just love all that word. Wendy's going to sing the whole song for I us. I fucking so. love that song, guys. <laughs> I do. I love that song. Um, I will say, I mean, even a lot of the, I mean... There's a lot of good wordplay just in the dialogue as well. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's really great. Like, one of the first lines in the movie, after they wake up and she asks if he's hungry or something, he gives this line that's like, the stomach has no memory, <laughs> and I'm all stomach. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, Which don't you it, remember I mean, we ate all the food last night? Yeah, oh, yeah. stomach has no memory, and I am But it's stomach. also kind of a good... I wrote it down just because I thought it was kind of funny, but like it's also a good description of just his character in general because he's always just like wanting oh, more yeah. and more and yeah. more. More, give me more. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me. Um, to go to our little Shop of Horrors episode. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> and then we're watching the scene where Stranger in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> There's a random bird in the set. <laughs> and she's like. Yeah, Jenny, Jenny very. <laughs> softly almost just like is that a chicken <laughs> yes it's a chicken of paradise they're singing I'm a stranger in paradise we're like yes it's a, it's a chicken, chicken of paradise, paradise. <laughs> 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 I mean, for being a bird of paradise it was it was it was not, it was not very excited to be there no it was not a very excited bird of paradise but there was the the albino peacock yeah yes and so we did get some glorious so- Plumage. Leading into that number, uh, oh, yeah. we might as well talk what about the that Kali. Yeah. yeah, so let's get uh, into the parts. So What's in, okay, before we go all into that, I do want to point out, another reason why this would be hard to do is, this is a musical about Muslims. The first thing they do when they wake up is, yeah. is pray to Allah. And it's, I think, a pretty... I, I can't... I don't know the religion. I don't feel like... I don't feel like it's mocking... I don't feel like it's being disrespectful I, to the religion. Yes, I agree. When it first started, I was like, oh, we're about to see a bunch of people in brown face doing some real offensive yeah, that's shit. What, the way they started, I was worried that it was going to veer that way. It's surprisingly tasteful. Um, and every almost everybody in the room at a different point uh, commented on the accents because no one is doing a Middle Eastern accent. And I... I kind of think that's awesome. Yeah. Like, they're just like, it yeah, been, it cool, been I'm mocking. from New York, yeah. uh, whatever, you know. Like, there's somebody doing like a, who's That totally was the only one that bothered me, because everyone else has a, pretty, has a pretty, like, unaffected speaking voice, except the one New Yorker. <laughs> like, or just, they could all be like Jafar and have a British accent. Right. Yeah, but they're all just I'm doing Arabian. their, sort of their... Can't you tell from my dulcet tones how Arabian I am? And, yeah, 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 I appreciated the fact that they're not doing a super what would now be hella offensive yeah. and racist yeah uh, I mean, accent. I, when i commented on it I, I was being kind of mocking because it was just it's just funny to no see it does it. It, but like i agree with you that yeah if they had done it i think it would have it would have taken away from the story kind of go like oh yeah like that's not that's not okay <laughs> but then bowing and praying is just yeah. presented Factually, just a thing that people do. Yeah, and of course you would do that. They're they're in Baghdad, and we pray to Allah in Baghdad, and that's what we do. Right. I'd, I'd be interested to hear. I'd be interested to have somebody who's actually of the Muslim faith watch yeah. it and like tell me because I'm sure that it is 
reductionist as fuck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, Let's it not is, pretend like this is a super progressive movie this either. This is still <laughs> right. an MGM musical about... From 1950s. From the 1950s something. about Baghdad in yeah. the Middle East done by white people. I'm sure it's problematic as shit. I just don't know enough about the source material to know exactly all the ways it's problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can just, from what little I know, yeah, it could have been a whole lot worse yeah, as I far mean, as for sure. its depiction. The, the harem is frustrating, but then again, right. I also feel like they're making fun of the harem because there's these poking jokes about, oh, polygamy, isn't it great? And the women are bored, but... The two women who speak, Marcina and Laloum, are both very sassy because Marcina is really sassy with the Caliph in that. Yeah. In the scene that we should now talk about, yeah. where the Caliph totally stalks her. She's actually great in that scene. Uh, I mean, he's great at being a creep in that scene. The Caliph <laughs> follows her home <laughs> from the market. Um,. She's like barges right into the house. Just walks right into the into <laughs> and the house says, and into the. Garden. I followed you home. <laughs> yes, and tells her I followed you home, and she's like, "Bro, who are you?" And he goes, "You can call me Hanum." Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I can call you fucking whatever I wanted, but like, who are you?" And he's like, "I'd rather not say." And then uh, they have a lot of this back and forth. Well, isn't it, isn't it at that point that he says that and she's like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it starts with, I followed you home. And she's like, oh? And he's like, do a lot of men follow you home? He says something about, do a lot of men follow you? And she's just gotten chased for stealing oranges. And she's like, yeah, sometimes it's speed. And he's like, that's not something that you should admit to. You should have said like, no, and been more modest. Yeah. And she's like, you need a sense of humor. Right. And I just love that that's her response of like, maybe you should just lighten up, bro. And he's like, oh, actually, I think I love you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except I haven't told you that yet because I'm still creeping on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they have the whole thing with the name. And then basically he like starts touching her. And tells her he just sounds super close. And tells her when you put it that way, it sounds awful. He grabs her hand. That's all he's doing is touching her hand. But he also tells her that Allah would not let any other man touch her, which is a fucked up thing to tell somebody (laughs) the first time you meet. Like if you just walked up to a woman and were like, "I followed you home. Um, You can call me this name. No, you can't have my real name. Grab your hand." God will not let anyone else touch you. What was that? (laughs) But then at the end, by the end, she's like, oh, I think I love you too. Yeah, it's a male fantasy, guys. (laughs) He put a finger in her butt. I'm just saying. What? (laughs) You get to take the penis out. You need to work on your foreplay. That is. Mike is obsessed with this idea. Like, if that's what you're leading with, I'm really worried how your dates go. (laughs) Like, start with maybe a kiss, guys. Uh, I said it after the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's shorthand. It's movie musical mad magic. All right? They just, they touch and zing, we're no, both in love. I absolutely agree. And I and I, I get what they're going for. And ultimately, I think it pays off. It's just funny in the moment because it's just, it's so abrupt. It's hella creepy for yes. like a couple minutes. And then it's like. Okay, whatever. I guess. Like, I mean, but she's, also, she's like, into it. but also, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, they're just the both of them are just plot devices anyway, like to get you more Howard Keel. So, I mean, I will say, in terms of when you actually watch it, he touches her and she says no, 
and he does stop touching her. And then he sings to her, but I love you. And she's like, okay, actually, okay. Yeah, I'm into you. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it well, could like, be a like, lot worse. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was saying. Like, the way that it starts, like, he's super creepy, but their banter is, like, there's clearly a relationship or, you know, some kind of something forming there. It's just so abrupt with how, like how creepy it starts, and then the like the profession of love in the song. It's yeah, just like for it to go all the way through that arc in, in like five minutes. In, in a minute. Well, that's what musicals do. Famously, right. um, you sing the song so that you can get through all the emotions quickly. The the emotion is so big, you have to sing it instead of speak straight it. Straight to that butt stuff. <laughs> learning so much about you that I don't know I needed yeah. to know. I don't Did think you I want did, to know it? I don't Probably think not. I needed to. Um, okay, so... <laughs> so the creepy the creepy stuff happens. The creepy stuff the happens. Chicken of Paradise. They sing their song. I'm just going to have Mike <laughs> saying butt stuff in my head for a minute or two. Well, welcome to their world. They <laughs> wrote it way more. Um, that is not a new thing in our lives. <laughs> um... Was it, wasn't there something else you guys wanted to touch on that you were like, yeah, we got to get to that? It was something with the vizier? Probably. I don't know. I started to write down a note, and then I got two words in and forgot. I so. When you said that, the, the first thing that came to my, my mind just now was when the vizier was showing the caliph his secret, like, spying <laughs> device on the, the harem, which is, like, the same golden, like... Screen. The screen that, that Laloom is behind. I mean, it's, it's in a totally different... a Flash Gordon moment. Like, oh, yeah. any of us also, like, that yeah, was yeah, totally yeah, yeah. almost it Flash is. Gordon. I'm like, ooh, the magic thing will move, and now we can see through it, and suddenly it's a video screen. Right. Because it's basically just, yeah, like, two layers of this of this golden, like, gold chain link fence, almost. And the one the behind... real chain link. <laughs> it moves, like, half of, half of like... Half a foot, a foot to one side, Maybe. and all of a sudden like, it's just like he also pulls a dramatic, like <laughs> big rope that does it. It's <laughs> it's wonderful. And then, oop! Look, there's the harem. Shit! There's Marcina. Oh, and then it's yeah, some, it's but like, it's then like it goes from mirror. like all blacked out to immediately like there's people back there. <laughs> some kind of one way mirror. It's hilarious. Like Vinny and I both laughed out loud when yeah. it happened. <laughs> it's very, it's just very silly how it's all brought together. I don't think that was it. There's something else about. He did put his dad in jail, which I liked. Because, uh, yeah, so his dad is. Um, Jawan? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Juwan. Juwan. Uh And like we said during the plot summary, he, he identifies him by this uh, medallion that he's wearing. Um, the and, double dragon medallion. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, I have the other half of it here. And they put it together. And we were, of course, speculating on. What if it was going to be best friends or <laughs> like two halves of a, of a broken heart? Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Or the the best gal's necklace that, <laughs> that Jenny has. Um, and uh, then he's like, "Oh, you are my father." And he's like, uh, uh, "The wazir's name is Ali, apparently, and it was his son that was taken from uh, from him when he was just a baby." And they have this, this moment where it looks like they're going to reconnect, and the wazir's like. You're going to jail now. Um, you can't have me having the most like famous bandit as my father. I'm I'm the police. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the chief of police. I can't have a criminal for a father. Put him in the prison. Put Take him, him in the dungeons. dungeons. Yeah. And then you never see him again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you thought like 
the beginning of the movie makes it seem like he's going to be a very important part of it, and then it's just like, he's Man. gone. <laughs> oh, there's a... I was looking through the song list, so there's Fate, mm-hmm. um, and then there's Olive Tree, those are big ones, and Gesticulate, of course, for, for Howard Keel. There's a lot of him standing with his feet apart and his hands on his hips and his chest out, and he looks magnificent. I feel like, I feel like that happens a lot in his movies, though. <laughs> Yes, he it's was like, very good at that. You're correct. It's like but Gene Kelly getting, like Gene getting, Kelly with getting the, a butt, the butt shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got to get Howard Keel with his hands on his hips. Um, and, the, and at least Vinny and Jenny and I liked best, I think, was when they're about, uh, they, the Caliph comes in and the, he has the two guys that come up and blow the trumpets first. And <laughs> the, the guy, sh- uh, the, the like, um, I don't know what you would call Herald. him. Like Harold, basically. Shouts, let all mouths close but mine. <laughs> let all mouths close but mine. I need what a perfect, Yeah, what a perfect way to I, enter a room. Yeah, Vinny was like, that's how I'm going to enter every room from now on. <laughs> I feel like that's how we need to get attention at meetings. Yeah. Let all mouths close but I mean, it, mine. It's purely a confidence thing. Like You wouldn't even have to say it loud, but if you just stood up and just said it, I feel like you'd get your, you know. Let all mouths close but mine. (laughs) What? Like I said. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Ah, any other... I mean, just the trumpets. I just want to comment on the... (laughs) The round, giant, circular trumpets. It was like a tuba, but a trumpet. The proposal. Yeah. The proposal is bananas. (laughs) They have this procession... That is the most garish shit I've ever seen. Um, except for the Caliph riding a clearly terrified horse. I don't think that horse liked the Suri with the fringe on top of yeah. the <laughs> uh, But everything else, so the, the Caliph is riding, like I said, this terrified horse with a tent that's over. There's four people, uh, one person at each corner carrying this tent. And it's not like... It's a huge tent. Like, you could fit, like, a dozen people underneath this tent. Yeah. Uh, and it has this gold fringe coming down, and they're carrying it. Then to shade him, even though it's night. It's nighttime. <laughs> um, and then there is uh, just this wild series of bullshit behind him. Well, there's all there's these the, women with the crazy head things, but they have sparklers in their hands. There's the two guys on horses that are kind of, one's right behind the Caliph and one's kind of near the back and they have this giant... How would you even, yeah. I don't it's like know. A horse, it's it's like it looks a like a feather. Mane. It looks like a feather, except it looks like it's made of a horse mane. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's It's, it's gotta be like five feet long. Yeah. As long as a horse... Like, Almost as long as the horse is. it's curving is, like... back over. It's amazing looking. It's just yeah. amazing looking. All these people carrying around huge spires of gaudy thing. And <laughs> a couple, and some people walking monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are monkeys. There's some monkeys being walked. Um, and Wendy it's all... did say that she was disappointed that Chris did not propose to her in the same manner. She's right? like, I've never forgiven him before. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy tonight. That's a hell of a fucking proposal. I'm going to show up with all this shit. Right. Also, marry me. <laughs> I'm now broke. Spent all of my money on this proposal. But I got you a monkey. But... Haven't you always wanted a monkey? <laughs> um, to quote Bare Naked Ladies. And he's singing The Night of My Nights, which is, a, again, a lovely melody. Um, 
Then get you gone till the morn of my mornings, after the night of my nights. Because we just had sex. Also, sex. Everybody in oh, this super. movie. Everybody in this movie wants to fuck each other, basically. Yes. It's it's a real bone and down kind of movie. <laughs> like, uh, especially Dolores oh, yeah. Gray. More uh, than anyone. Like, she is horny from the word go as uh, <laughs> soon as she sees Howard Well, Keel. if you think about she it, she has voice. not been sexually satisfied ever. Yeah. She's married to the wazir. Um, there's that scene where she coaxes him to, not really coax, but like, where they first go into that, that green room and uh, the, the wazir walks in, he kind of motions for her to follow and then she turns around and gives this real like "let's go bone down" look to to Howard Keel, and then Howard Keel starts to go, and he turns around and sees the guard, and he's just like, "Man, come on!" <laughs> the guard's like, "Wait, I was supposed to kill you." Well, come on then. <laughs> and she sings her song "Bored." I've always been bored, but with you, I'm never gonna be bored. So you better deliver. She's like all but grinding on him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's just laying across him in ever, ever more elaborate poses. Okay, one of my favorite things to watch in sequences like that is where is that person? What is that person? Who is that person at? talking to? <laughs> because it's shot and framed really well. Um, they're on this sort of uh, small sofa. Um, and more of like a love seat type thing uh, with the two of them on it. And he's sitting like a normal person would sit on one. Um, she spins to the back of it and is just looking up at the ceiling, I guess. Well, but then I... when they frame it, it's got Howard Keel, his back sideways to her, giving her his attention, which is great framing. It. Um... The framing is great. So, yeah, but she's so, talking to no and one. And she's got, you've got her full face as she's just apparently meditating, <laughs> thinking her thoughts out loud uh, to, a, to an underscore as she considers her state of being out loud to him but doesn't look at him. Like, I get it. Oh, no. Like I said, on on the screen it looks great. It's just when you like. Mike, it's I feel of, a need to suddenly do this whenever I talk to you now. It's it's one of my favorite things. It's much I'm like when when you're watching a TV show and somebody gets up and walks to the front and they're clearly just standing at a wall facing away from everybody else talking. And it's like if that was a wall there, they would just be like, how weird would Maybe it be if I just got up? Maybe there's a window. If they're talking out a window, it's not as weird, Mike. Uh, so that's always just one of my favorite things to like watch and see when it happens. So I like died laughing when that happened. But then there's this cool moment where they spin the camera down to okay. face them dead on, but also the sofa spins. Yes. And yeah. it's awesome. And I was like, okay, I forgive everything that happened up until this because <laughs> that was it. fucking cool. <laughs> so on a scale of horniness with uh, On the Town and Kiss Me Kate on it. I think where... On the Town's still the top. On the town? Where I think is, so. Where do we put this? A little bit below Kiss Me Kate? I think you put Laloom above Kiss Me Kate. I agree. <laughs> I think this is just a little above below. Kiss Me Kate. So it's kind it's... of like just one person putting a hand over it and touching the other yeah, side yeah, yeah, and everybody yeah. else is back there. I mean, to be fair, the only reason that, that on the Kiss town... Is... Laloom is straddling Kiss Me yeah. Kate. 
That's the only reason on the town is at the top is because of my girl Brunhilde Esther. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. there's I don't think there's anybody that's ever going to beat her because she's just like, when do we get to start fucking <laughs> yeah. from like the first moment you see her on screen? <laughs> oh, the things I've given to you guys—a whole new vocabulary. I don't know, is it as horny as On the Town? I don't know that anybody else would be like, when I talk about On the Town, I'm going to use it to, um, as a measure of horniness. Like, but it's appropriate. I don't know that I would have expected it prior to seeing it. So. It's appropriate, and God bless you both for that. Right. Um, all right, so we should move to wrapping this up. Sure, so, yeah. Uh, favorite number? I think my favorite number was gesticulate, <laughs> just simply because Howard Keel's hand like hand gestures and appropriate faces and i, mean, I just i loved everything about his that eyebrow game was on point yeah. in that one as well it's yeah. really good he makes so many fucking silly faces and it, like it's great i feel like there's more like wide eyes and and crazy eyebrows <laughs> in that than in any other part of the film um <laughs> i feel like it also just really showcases his sleeves and his outfit i don't know i just love i loved everything about it <laughs> yeah i mean it's really oh, it's tough because I really, really, really like that one. I really like Not Since Nineveh, um, especially because that's one of the few dance numbers we get yeah. in this. Um, and I really like Bored, which I had forgotten about until you brought it up. But it's just like any time Dolores Gray is getting to sing, I'm, I'm really happy. I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to go with Not Since Nineveh just because of the like the dance finale to that and obviously Dolores Gray getting to sing and also the lyrics are really funny uh, but mostly it's like that that ending dance number is is just awesome but I do love that one too like it's really hard because he's being so silly and like goofy and making these way over the top stupid ass gestures to show why they can't cut his hands off I just yeah I love like wordplay in general but especially when it's sung through like that with all of his ridiculousness <laughs> yeah it's just it's not a small number no guys, no. <laughs> guys. he's like all he's mm. I agree. it's amazing I mean, it's a good thing they had so much scenery because he did nibble on every piece oh of yeah it. right oh just yeah moving, he, moving this whole movie he's doing nothing but chewing scenery and it's <laughs> delightful the sets are made of ham sandwiches yeah. <laughs> to, to use a micism he's eating a big ham sandwich he has eaten a big ham sandwich <laughs> I'm gonna I actually, not to be difficult, because I do love both of those numbers, but I... But you are difficult. I am difficult. <laughs> I, I live for Stranger in Paradise. I love yeah, that Yeah, that's a song. real windy number. I love <laughs> that song so much. And they both sing it so well, and the setting is so lush and lovely yeah, yeah, yeah. that I always just sort of stop and go, oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> oh... Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Gesticulate's great, and Not Since Nineveh is the bee's knees, and I will be singing that for the next three <laughs> days. Now that I've rewatched it, I'm going to be pulling this. I, I was on a kick for six months with the soundtrack, both the movie soundtrack and the, the original stage soundtrack for both of these, because there's different numbers in mm -hmm. each. Um, there's a lot, of course, as typical, there's songs in the stage play that don't make it over. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> I mean, Vic Damone wasn't much of an actor, but damn, could the man sing. 
Yes. It is. It is a great duet. I, it is lovely. Yeah. It's just mm, yay. Uh, so yeah, that was Kismet, guys. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, Howard Kill's great, y'all. And, yeah. Jack, and Jack Cole. And Jack Cole. Jack Cole choreography. Gray. Gray. Yeah. Jack Cole choreography. Now we're I, li- I like showing up and having no clue what we're watching. Cause yeah. I, I, Same. I don't think there's been one that we. I guess it's always fair weather. It was the only one that was kind of like meh. Yeah. I think this is the only one though where like I haven't had even the slightest clue of what yeah. it was about. Like even just like coming in and seeing the title screen up on the TV, I was like. I don't know what the fuck this is gonna be. <laughs> it wasn't like like other ones that I hadn't seen, like on the town or whatever. You see the case, you go, oh, it's Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra in sailor suits. I know what this movie is going to be. Um, this one, I was just like, what? There's a guy in a harem, which this isn't even the main focus of the movie. Yeah, like this is very misleading about what the movie is, <laughs> but it's also kind of exactly what the movie is. Yeah. Like it's really weird. <laughs> So yeah, Kismet. It's it's one of my favorites. It's one of the ones I saw when I was a kid, and it is definitely one that a lot of people. You're a kismet. No. <laughs> oh no. No. coming true. I am your crown. You did not. All right. Well, this was our last episode, guys. <laughs> no. It's only because we're gonna break the microphone no. murdering me with it. <laughs> no. Um, but it's one that a lot of people have not seen. So hopefully. Uh, people will seek it out because I think it's I think well we all thought it was just the bee's knees so uh, this has been Real Education The The Musical and I have been Wendy joined by Vinny and Mike and we will talk to you next week rate, review, subscribe rate, review, subscribe rate, review, subscribe we hope you enjoyed our film fixation we'll see you next time on Real Education But my credit card got locked for some reason, and I had to like call them. Man, all that, all the luck to to talk to them about it. He was just like, "Hey, it's a thing we do. Like, I don't really know why, but like, basically, anytime this happens, you just have to call us and prove who you are and, and authorize charges and stuff." I was like, "Okay, cool." And so he, um, at the end of the call, he was like, "Can I ask you a personal question?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Where did you get that really awesome voice?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like." Oh, that's, that's creepy. One, that's a weird question. <laughs> Two, I hear myself every week, and it's the worst. <laughs>